0: And welcome to Fighting Over the VCR, the podcast where we talk about movies we grew up watching. And my name is Matthew.
1: My name is Nancy.
0: And for this episode, we have a special theme. It's the Wild, Wild West. Yeehaw. <laughs> and uh Pshoo. Um, and uh Westerns are probably one of the largest genres for movies. There's a lot. I think everyone has a favorite Western, probably, mm-hmm. if you've ever watched movies. Um, even people who don't really like Westerns can probably find a Western that they like. But we're going to talk about two Westerns, well, three actually, because later in the episode, I'm going to talk about the marvelous and most amazing, my favorite Western, the movie Tombstone. And Nancy's going to get us started off with one that came out about five years before that and then had a sequel to it. We don't know why, because as we will discuss. <laughs> She's going to get us started talking about Young Guns 1 and 2. So take it away, Nancy.
1: All right. Thank you, Matt. I think Matt and I, you know, we grew up in the 80s watching movies. And I think it was kind of a period where the Western, there was a bit of a drought for Westerns. And in 1988, Young Guns came out. And this was, this stars Emilio Estevez as Billy the Kid, Kiefer Sutherland, Lou Diamond Phillips, Charlie Sheen. Terrence Stamp, also known as General Zod from Superman. Um, Dermot Mulroney, who you wouldn't recognize because he's got like a softball size wad of chaw in his mouth the whole movie and it's gross. Well, and
0: and his name is Dirty Steve, so he's got dirt on him the entire movie. so
1: gross. Jack Palance as an excellent bad guy. And Terry Quinn. Is it Terry Quinn or O'Quinn?
0: Terry O'Quinn.
1: When he had hair. Um, that was, that was a surprise. Well, he, had, was, he
0: had, he had more. some hair. He had some hair.
1: <clears throat> I don't even know if there's any real ladies in this movie other than Terry Quinn's wife, but it, it's a
0: very, that and, and a bunch of random miscellaneous women that they run into while they're in hiding. And... Yeah.
1: It's a pretty basic story. It's a pretty boring story also. um, <laughs> Basically, Terrence Stamp is in charge of he's his name is John Tunstall and Jack Palance is part of is Mr. Murphy. Don't even remember his first name. And there's kind of a rivalry between the Tunstalls and the Murphys and John Tunstall has kind of taken in these um these guys that have no real ties to anybody else. They kind of form his gang, I guess, the regulators. Well-
0: well, he's they're 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 castoffs and misfits. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and he tries to educate them yeah. and um, help them out, help give them. them and give them more purpose than what they've been left with. You know, for whatever reason. And
1: they're all young. They're all under like twenty three years old. They're, no one, no one is like a grown up. Like they're all young guys, young guns. The you know he pick he finds Billy the kid pretty early and takes him in. And somehow, within, like, I don't know what, a week, they all become pals, they all form this deep bond, and then General Zod gets killed because of this rivalry, and then Billy the Kid, who's known these guys a week, decides that he's got this intense loyalty towards uh, John Tunstall and wants to avenge him, and... You know, I think watching this movie growing up, I didn't understand that Billy the Kid was really just psychotic. He was just <laughs> this psychotic, bloodthirsty killer. And, and I'm going to throw a caveat out here. When we were growing up, We were not exposed, like, the way the world was, there was not the kind of gun violence that happens now. So we have had 20-plus years of hearing about lots of gun violence, lots of census gun violence in the news for a long, long time now. So maybe that's why I'm more sensitive to it. But the explanation of this incredible deep loyalty that Billy the Kid all of a sudden had for this guy who took him in for, like, a week— and these other misfits that he was hanging out with it didn't make any sense to me rewatching it it was really boring there's no real music in the movie so like the pacing is kind of blah and annoying it just and it just has all these you know random gunfights and it is boring that's the first one. And, I th- i mean, you're laughing, so I'm guessing you agree with me. I mean, do you... Ha- I mean, I remember watching it as a kid thinking, like, Charlie Sheen being murdered was such a big deal. It was like, eh, he's dead. We're going to leave him there. I mean, it didn't have the same impact this time around. And then, like, the whole big shootout at the end at Terry O'Quinn's house, it was like, i I just... And I felt like Billy the Kid was like a cult leader. You know, he really just kind of somehow got all these guys to just follow along with him because he was so, you know, he twisted them to think we're avenging Tunstall. We've got to avenge him. We can't drop this. And I just thought that especially Doc, Kiefer Sutherland's character, could have just been like, dude, this is a little much. We, we, It's not our job. Yes, he took care of, he helped us out a lot. He really wanted the best for us. But look at where we live. I mean, there's no sense of law here. It's, you know, everyone's kind of an outlaw. We all have, you know, we're going to meet our maker one of these days, and that was his day, and oh well. I mean, it was hard to rewatch the first one and then trying to rewatch the second one. Oh, my God. Okay, so they definitely overcorrected for the lack of music in the first one. They hired Mr. Alan Silvestri of Romancing the Stone fame and the theme, the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do all throughout the movie. (laughs) Every five minutes that theme comes on. I'm like, oh, my God. I need a gun right now.
0: Can can I can I interject? Please. Okay. So um. uh, Yes, it was it was definitely hard to watch both of these movies. I did not fall asleep during the first one. I fell asleep with like, fifteen minutes left in the second one. I it was fr- it was a Friday. I had a rough week. I was really tired. It's okay. I was really busy that day.
1: I fell asleep so many I times kinda, during both. It's and then, okay.
0: I, and then I woke up and then I woke up and I rewatched it and I and it wasn't that big of a deal. But um as far as the music goes, yes, the music is it's not just that there's a lack of music, the music that there is is terrible. It doesn't fit the movie, but then I in my research I found out that They actually had a composer do music and um, it had and from what I, I could figure out is it had too much of kind of like an Irish folk kind of sound and they didn't like that. So they fired that composer and hired someone completely different. And that's the music we got.
1: Well, Alan I Silvestri wish- is very famous. He did all the back. But Al- to the Alan Sil-
0: no, Alan Silvestri did not. Wasn't the one they hired to fix it for the first movie. Mm. So that was mm. just the first movie. Okay, and then and. Now I'm kind of like, wow, what was the music originally like for the first movie? Because maybe I wouldn't have been so bored. It would have like because there just wasn't a lot of music. There was very it's so important. Yeah, it's so important for pacing. Exactly. So when you get to the second movie, at least you have. You know, a, a running theme that I mean, the tone of the second movie is so different than the first movie. And even the look of it. Like, it's it's a different director. It's different producers. It's, it's pretty much like they had this first movie with all these, like, young, up-and-coming stars that they... I mean, I, I want to say that this was Lou Diamond Phillips' first movie after La Bamba, maybe? Yes. Maybe? Yeah. And then so they had they were like riding this wave of like young stars hey let's put them in a western and we'll just do whatever and then hey 2 years later we'll just make a sequel to it to to continue that
1: i want to put a pin in that and talk about that Element more later because I want to just kind of okay. get through discussing these. The now, second one, yeah, the second one. I'll say I actually did like more, and I remembered when I when we first talked about doing a westerns episode, I was like, oh, let's do Young Guns and Young Guns too. I remember like I I remember thinking Young Guns two was always better, and yes, the the atrocious like repeating soundtrack that's just like. You know, it's like an earworm. That theme gets in your head and you can't let go of it. I think
0: I didn't think it was that bad. I didn't think it was that bad.
1: You know what, Matt? I had to stop and start this movie several times because I kept falling asleep. So I had to Uh. keep rewinding it to, like, a scene where that music starts blaring. And it was like, I've now heard this ten times in a row. Um, I think the pace of the second movie is more interesting. I think the whole kind of... Hunt for Billy the Kid as a story was better. I mean, I guess you kind of need the first movie to kind of establish how crazy he is and, like, why he'd have this group of pals that he that would follow him along. Um, and Pat Garrett's a very interesting character. Um, I remember having so much more nostalgia for um, Balthazar Getty and Christian Slater being in the second one than what I really... I felt watching it the second time, you know. um, But the second one, you know, it's fine. I mean, I don't know if you really want to dive in and watch the second one without seeing the first one, because I think... You
0: can't. I think it's... I
1: think Lou Diamond Phillips and Kiefer Sutherland are better served in the first one, so you'd understand a little more why the hell they're still sticking around with this lunatic. Um, And which... He, they, so many people refer to him as crazy. I mean, Emilio Estevez brilliantly chose that maniacal laugh for Billy the Kid, which I'm glad he did because, you know, he's, he's crazy. And that, that again is. <laughs> f- yeah, I can't do it. That kind of laugh? Yeah. That element of his personality, like his psychosis, it really wasn't impressed upon me watching it as a kid. And I'll tell you no. one, two reasons. One, this movie makes the killers, the quote-unquote, the bad guys, the protagonists. So you naturally want to root for a protagonist. This is a different t- story for Tombstone when we get into later. It's a lot easier to know who to root for in Tombstone than it is in Young Guns. But also... By the time Young Guns came out and by the time we saw it, we were really familiar with all these actors. And I loved, as we've talked about, I loved Lou Diamond Phillips as Richie Valens. In fact, the very end of Young Guns 1 talks about how Chavez E. Chavez moved to California and started working on a fruit farm. And I'm like... He started his Richie Vallon, like his, that's like maybe Richie Vallon's great great grandpa, okay. Um, (laughs) You know, we'd seen Kiefer Sutherland in Lost Boys. We'd seen Emilio Estevez in Breakfast Club, and for me, in St. Elmo's Fire. We'd seen Charlie Sheen in Platoon, which both I think you and I really liked. Um, so we were very familiar with the actor. So it was like, holy shit, this is awesome. It's not exactly the Brat Pack, but bring these guys together in a movie and see what can happen. So I think as kids watching it, was like, we like all these guys. Like, these actors are right. great. So we want to just see them all together and see what they can do. By the time Young Guns 2 comes out just a few years later... We've got Christian Slater in this? Are you kidding me? We already know a movie we've loved him in. We saw. We talked about Legend of Billy Jean, and for me, we haven't talked about this yet. But I loved him in Heather's. So it was. It was almost like the casting was smart for maybe <clears throat> like our age group. You know, to to really kind of be these people will come and see this. These people will find this movie interesting because this is going to be a cast that will draw people in. Um, yeah, but. I don't know if I'll ever watch either of these movies again for the rest of my life. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I haven't wow. seen them. I mean, I haven't seen them in so many years. I mean, easily 20-plus years for both of them. But, ugh, they're just, ugh.
0: They're not that good. They're
1: not. No, I mean, and and I, I am not, you know, I enjoy Westerns. I mean, we... I don't think we have it on our list, but we'll probably add it on there. Like, I really like 310 to Yuma. That's a great Western with Russell Crowe and Christian Bale. I
0: haven't seen that. And uh, that's a remake. It, I haven't seen yeah, the it's, original It's or great. One.
1: It's really great. And
0: I've never seen... And, and as we've said before, I've never seen Unforgiven, which a lot of people think is amazing. It is good. But I think I... For that one, I think I might need to just kind of get over Clint Eastwood and yeah. the with the fact that Gene Hackman and Morgan Freeman are in that. Yeah. So that might get me to watch that but yeah I (sighs) these movies were I think that I think you summed it up perfectly thank you they were hyped because of they were for our generation growing up we had seen they were like the hot ticket yeah and we probably, I mean, we saw these in the theater. I remember seeing both of these movies in the theater mm. because of those, because of who was yeah. in it. We were like, oh my God, this movie's going to be amazing. We know all these guys. And, you know, then we were like, oh, this, it was a great movie. But, I mean, just think of how hard it was. Like, so in order to rewatch this, I luckily had like a burn of Young Guns 2 to 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 watch i bought them both (laughs) and i had to borrow young guns from you yeah because you can't find them easily Mm -hmm. on streaming Mm -hmm. unless you want to pay a crazy amount for them and i'm just like this ain't worth it and then when i was done watching i was like oh i get it these movies are bad no one gives a shit
1: (laughs) i mean again like i i'm glad i mean i'm glad that we went through the exercise of watching them because I wanted to revisit it. Just you know, yep. I wanted to re- i wanted to know, have my tastes change, and they did. I mean, just because oh. I like these actors, you know, I don't want to watch them in a movie that's frustrating. And also, I mean, it's complicated. I mean, this whole Billy the Kid story—he's not a hero; he's fucking crazy. <laughs> um, and again, they tell—they say that he is crazy multiple times. And it just, like, that does not work for me anymore. I mean, I like gangster movies, which I guess could be the most similar thing to, like, westerns that I watch in frequency, and that whole idea of, like, loyalty to a family and whatnot. I, you know... And sometimes, yes, the violence in a gangster movie seems a little ridiculous, but I enjoy those
0: more than I enjoy this. Well... Um, couple things in regards to your, your comment about the violence. I just, I've always just seen the, the wild West, Mm -hmm. you know, it's called the wild West for a reason. Because of that, I'm not, I'm, I know what I'm getting into. I mean, there's some pretty violent Westerns out there and, and that's just kind of how the genre is. I mean, it's gunplay, it's, you know, whatnot, um, a couple notes I have here about this just because I wanted to, to mention them. Um, other than, I mean, I was, I think on the other side where I always felt like the first one was better than the second one, only because I felt like this, I think growing up, I felt like the second one was forced, like, Hmm. Hey, we have the success of the first one. Let's make the second one. And it was forced, but, now, when I rewatch them, the second one is so much better. First I mean, boring. I know you were falling. A, I know you were falling asleep, but it's got the music that carries it. The directing is better. Um, let's name drop a couple actors in it, so we get to see Alan Ruck, who was Cameron yeah. and Ferris Bueller, yep. come in. Very small role, but it's important because he becomes one one of the gang. You had mentioned Balthazar Getty, who. Um, is a, a kid who is kind of idolizing Billy the Kid and I don't know maybe they I don't know if he was a real character or they made him up but um, there's that uh, there's that aspect of it um, the governor that um, Billy tries to cut the deal with that ends up being a trap he looked so familiar to me and this is in Young Guns too. and I figured out he's Herschel from The Walking Dead TV show oh Oh, Funny
1: because someone one- else in from the walking dead shows up in the other movie.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And okay, then, um,
1: William Peterson.
0: Uh, is that his name?
1: No. William Peterson plays Pat Garrett. He's. Oh
0: yes. Who was on, who was big for being on CSI. Yeah. And, and, um, the movie mind hunter. He plays the investigator. For- Manhunter. man, man, Manhunter. man, um, he plays the investigator who's working with Hannibal Lecter. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he's a great he's a great yep. actor. He's been in a number of different things. And Charlie Sheen. I think that this was with the exception of Platoon. This is probably like the the next best thing I've seen him in. Yeah. He's very, very I think, good. I, he it. he He's good. He's good in this. I mean, I, I don't want to slight the acting too much because no. I think that they they probably did good acting wise. It's just the story is not good. Yeah. Um, that's not and, that's not and, my
1: problem with the movie at all. That's not it at all. Yeah. It's just, yeah, the story's not great.
0: Well, here and here's the other thing that really kind of bothered me is in, you know, I'm, we're, we're talking about, you know, these two Young Guns movies and then we're talking about Tombstone. Yeah. And they're both, and we'll just count the Young Guns as like one yeah. movie. Let's just count as one movie. Yep. So we're talking about these two movies. That are based on true historical events. One tombstone does a very good job of trying to be accurate. And I'll talk about that later. This movie is so historically inaccurate Mm. that, that it makes it seem like it's just, again, it's just being forced. So like, for example, there's people in these movies that die that did not die the way they do in the movie for like doc doc doesn't die trying to save the gang like he does in the second movie he goes away and ends up dying in new york or not new york in texas he's married and happy and he ends up dying in like nine, in like 1930 or 1940 or something like that he doesn't die like it is in this movie i mean and just stuff like that now Yes, Billy the Kid was real. The, link, they, the whole thing in the first movie is called the Lincoln County War, you know, that happens between them because it's in Lincoln County in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And then I think in the second movie, they're kind of basing it off of like the Santa Fe River War because the like the governor and James Colburn's character when they hire Pat Garrett. Mm hmm. They're kind of like the Santa Fe conglomerate that own a lot of that territory. So that's why they're trying to go after Billy the Kid. And I guess that really happened. Okay, But a lot of the facts are all construed like the whole fight at the end of Young Guns 1. um, When they're at McSweeney's house. And they have the huge gun battle with like the military is there and all of Murphy's men and all these bounty hunters and all these guys. It wasn't like the five of them in that house. He had a gang of like 30 people in that house fighting against them. I mean, it's it's just so... And I hate that. You, I mean, we've talked about this before. I hate it when stuff is inaccurate yeah. like that. So, so we'll be
1: watching Forrest Gump next. Just kidding. <sighs> Maybe someday.
0: <laughs> Maybe. Right. So the whole fact that it's historically inaccurate drives me crazy and... I, I think that becomes like one of the bigger problems I have with this movie is that you're you're trying to like sell the fa- fact that like hey you're learning about Billy the Kid and to the point where they even like have like little things like stuff that happened to them after the events of this movie and blah 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 and ends up being bullshit.
1: Well, the whole like <laughs> old man in 1950 and Brad Bradley Whip. Whitford comes to interview yeah. him, like that whole thing, and then we get to hear an old man narrating the whole movie. I, I actually, mean,
0: I, I, I actually liked the narration. Eh. I actually liked that. Um,
1: if if that whole try, thing is the, even the real, trying, it's like
0: if it's all even real, like the whole passing it off as. That was actually Billy the kid. Like, he never really got killed. And there's, and I'm sure that there's stories of that. And that's kind of, uh, you know, he pro some old guy probably said, Yeah, I'm Billy the kid, blah, 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 but they couldn't prove it. So, whatever. I mean, I'm sure maybe that happened, but who cares?
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, again, I just it's, didn't care. This, this movie really wants to like glorify Billy the kid. He wants us to root for Billy the kid. He, wa- it, the movie wants us. To be OK with the fact that he lied to them about some blackbird trail or whatever that would lead them yeah. to Mexico. And he willingly put, you know, sent them on like a death march. And it's these guys who are all frickin' pals. Um, yeah. it's, it, to me, it's like the, the friendship, like the, the reason for them having a bond seems totally
0: bogus to me. It's not. It was all, but but it was all one sided because even even Doc was like, I really hate that guy. Yeah. And and Chavez had no reason, real reason to hang with him or anything like that. No. It was basically because Billy was trapping them into being friends with him. Yeah. By by, I mean the whole idea. Like at one point, everyone, someone says like, you know, all of you guys are Billy the Kid. You know that kind of thing, and because of that, they all got kind of tied into who he was when it didn't even really matter. I mean, it was just, it was, it was dumb. Um, but (laughs) along the same lines of, um, I'm just going to throw this out there because I think it's kind of timely. Um, along those same lines of like, he was a bad guy. Why are we glorifying him? Just, um, this week while we're stuck in, you know, shelter in place, trying to do things. Um, we decided to to introduce the Brady Bunch to my son, and there's an episode where Bobby starts idolizing, and I believe it's Billy Jesse, the Kid. Jesse James. Oh, it's Jesse James. Jesse James. Because he's a train and robber. Yeah, same kind of thing, where it's like, he's like, Jesse James was great. And then they have, like, this whole, like, lesson of, like, you know, he killed all these people and how bad he was. Like, didn't, like, and then the he go- has- didn't,
1: like a, a family descendant, like, have to come to Bobby and explain yes. to him?
0: Yes, and then the- he had, like, a nightmare where his the whole family was on a train and Jesse James comes <laughs> and shoots them all, and He's like, no, my mom, no, don't kill him. And they're like, oh, oh. I just had to throw that out there but it's, yeah, the no, same, it's... it's, it's that same kind of like glorified bad guy yeah. kind of thing. Which then we do on television shows now, you know, and that's a big problem I end up get having with some modern day T V and movies sometimes where people who are bad get become like anti heroes in a sense to where They're bad people. You should not be hoping they get away with this.
1: (laughs) Well, I think the thing that really makes us want to root for them in Young Guns movies is that kind of like in Die Hard, all of the law men are complete idiots. You know, with the exception well, of make, John, John McClane, them. as we, yeah. we as we discussed with John McClane and Powell, they were different. But the bad guys were way more interesting in Die Hard, just like in this movie. I mean, the people who are technically doing the bad things are so much smarter and so much more interesting and more charismatic. Yeah. the The law people in Young Guns—they're all idiots. They're all freaking ridiculous.
0: I would say the only one in Young Guns 2 that. Isn't is Garrett, Pat Garrett? He but wasn't he's not originally really a
1: lawman. Law he only yeah. became one because he was going to be paid off, or, or I think they were going to probably threaten him if he didn't agree to it. I think that was the other thing. I mean,.
0: Well, yeah, because know. they own that they own that whole territory. Yeah. So if he tried to, if he said, "I don't want to do business with you," they could have made his life a living hell. Yeah. So, if that was even true, who knows? They can't get this fucking movie right. So why do we think that anything else is right about yeah. these people? Yeah.
1: So I mean, were, were you worried that I was going to be defending Young Guns, the Young Guns movies?
0: You know what? I know that you are a sensible and logical and intelligent person. So I knew that you were not going to defend these. These ones, these ones I knew Nancy's not going to like this. I don't think I'm going to have to argue with her. (laughs) I think we're going to agree that these movies are not that good. And hopefully, hopefully she's not wacko. She's not as crazy as Billy, the kid thinking that this movie is great because She's... No, no.
1: So the other reason I think I may have had any kind of nostalgia for these movies originally, watching, like watching them back in the day, the most famous person I share my birthday with is Billy the Kid. Oh. So I think oh, okay. I maybe was always kind of like, oh, he's rebellious. Oh, isn't that interesting? And I didn't realize that he was just a complete psychopath. Mm. So anyways... It-
0: that's interesting. Now you've taken you've turned this whole thing into a whole dark place for me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: well, the other thing I was getting... So before we move over to the next movie, the other thing watching Young Guns I kept thinking about, too, especially because, you know, again, as everybody knows, we're still in the COVID-19 madness, not leaving our houses, not able to spend time with people who we don't directly live with. That whole... Fun situation, you know. There are plenty of people who aren't believing that this is actually a real thing that we need to be worried about, and they're out there angry and protesting. And you know, I feel like some of these people are similar to like extreme gun rights people. And I kept thinking, like, you know what? Nancy,
0: some of these some of these protests that are happening, people are bringing guns to them.
1: Well, I feel <laughs> like when I was watching Young Guns in particular, it's like you know what. All of these intense gun rights people, not like the casual Second Amendment people, but like people who are just like they have bunkers and stuff built for guns and things they
0: would or have taken guns. They
1: would have been so much better off living in the Wild West. Like, that is the time period that would have been more suited to their kind of sensibilities, I think. Because there was no law. There was no real law. Or the law was so quick to act, like, oh, you stole that man's horse, you're getting hung. I mean, just, there was no real, like, system of justice, it seemed like, back then. So, you know, just randomly killing people over small petty things, just whatever. So, well, anyway, well, I
0: think that that might be an excellent transition into our next movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So
1: now that I've totally so, bad mouthed Young Guns for the last half hour or so, why don't we talk about a more interesting movie that we both enjoyed a lot more?
0: Oh, yes. So, yeah. Good transition time now to talk about a movie that I think is this is definitely my favorite Western western the western genre is not something i really gravitate towards it's something that you know if i'm really interested in a story or her someone or there's a good actor in it or something like that i'll watch it but i don't really gravitate towards i think the last western that i watched that was newer was the remake of true grit that came out umpteen years ago with uh matt damon and um Jeff Bridges. Uh, Jeff Bridges. Thank you. Um, they were good. I enjoyed that. I don't like I, the, I don't it. like I,
1: the, I don't like the female actress at all. I've seen her in other things, too. She bugs oh. me. Oh, well. but but you're right. Yeah. Matt Damon and Jeff Bridges are great.
0: Yeah, they're great. So Tombstone came out in 1993. I saw it in the theater. As far as I'm concerned. This movie rules. I mean, it's it's my favorite Western I can put it on at any point in the movie at any time and just. I love watching this movie. You've got great acting from a fucking cast that just kicks ass. Um,
1: A chubby Billy Bob Thornton.
0: You got you got (laughs) Kurt Russell as Wyatt Earp. Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday. You got Sam Elliott, Bill Paxton. um, Powers Booth. Powers Booth in, in an amazing role. Michael Bean Billy Zane Dana Delaney um, Terry O'Quinn
1: in T- another Western Terry O'Quinn
0: in another Western. Um, Thomas Thomas Hayden Church. John Corbett. Jason Priestley. Jason Priestley. <laughs> I mean, it goes on and on. The cat I mean, these are not I mean. With the exception of a few of those names, I mean, these are people who come, who, like, appear in movies, and then they just have, they just steal it in this movie.
1: They're just so good.
0: You forgot, like, the old, grizzled Charlton Heston. This is the only movie with Charlton Heston that I think I'll like and watch. Because he's, I mean, and his part in it is not huge. But even in this movie, I was like, I will... He gets a pass because of this movie. Mm -hmm. I'll give him a pass for this one because I'm not a fan of Charlton Heston. But, man, this movie, Tombstone, is about Wyatt Earp coming to Tombstone with with his family. He meets up with his family to get out of the law life and start to become businessmen. Tombstone is a town in Arizona that is, starts out as like a silver mining camp and then just booms. And this is all stuff you can get from the movie. And if you look it up, it's actually true. Not like that other piece of crap that we just talked about. <laughs> Sorry. I just, the comparison is it, it's, it's not just night and day. It's like light years, <laughs> you know, indifference. And, um, the dialogue is great for all the characters, and I'm not just—I mean, a lot of people point out the dialogue for um, Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday, just because he has so many great lines, mm-hmm. Um and it's just his swagger. He's got this Southern Louisiana swagger to him, and his
1: clamminess through the whole movie.
0: Well, Poor he's guy. also got—he's got, t- he's got t- well, and they even say like. That he moved out west from the from the south, the the muggy south, out west to the drier climate of Arizona because of his tuberculosis, yeah. and I'm like, wow, that okay, but um, you know his whole role in this is because he is friends with Wyatt Earp, and um, from my research, I found out that because they even talk, I I mean I watched the DVD commentary. I mean not the commentary but some backstory, some of the extras on the DVD because I was like I got it I need more of this I need more <laughs> in my rewatch
1: I almost so did that I watched, today but I, I watched I, I watched off. it
0: it was like an, it was like an hour documentary hmm. about with like and they taught one of the things they talk about is how authentic they wanted to make this movie to the point where they found like old gritty photos of the town and tried to make it as exact as possible all the photos of the characters they tried to dress them and do their their facial hair and all the stuff they did everything they could to make this as historically accurate in the documentary they show um catherine hardwick who um we all she did all the production design who also did the movie thrashin that we talked about she did the production design on that so they did they they tried to make this movie as historically accurate as possible down to the point of when they had the fight at the OK Corral, you know, how how that all played out. Now, there was some ad libbing in it a little bit, but not to the point where it changed the whole history of it. Like in Young Guns, you know, little things like Val Kilmer whistling as they walked mm-hmm. to the OK Corral. He did that on his own. Like the wink he gives that starts the whole shootout. There's there's some there's conflicting stories of whether he actually did that or not. Mm. Um, but you know, throw that in there to make the story a little better. You know, I'll give that a pass because everything else is so good. But man, this movie. There's so many great things about it. I could go on and on. I don't want to ruin the whole movie. Oh no,
1: this is a spoiler you zone. Can, <laughs> we, can, we can talk but, about it freely. This movie came out
0: twenty seven years ago, Matt. Mm. But but the fact that this is one of those things, too, where there isn't really a spoiler because you could get a history book and yeah, read it. That's, yeah. And and that's, I think, one of the great things about this movie is if you didn't if you wanted to know about the shootout at the OK Corral, you could pro- there's been other movies made of it. But like they went as far as having. Wyatt Earp third, the grandson of Wyatt Earp in this movie. Hmm. And he was a resource to be like, hey, you know, all these other movies don't get the relationship between Doc and my grandfather, right? This is how they were. So they could act. So when you see the bond that they have, because this is a kind of a love story, too, of a friendship between Doc and Wyatt Earp. Yeah. It's not just, you know you know a, you know him and you know the affair he has with um with Dana Delaney but it's it, and and in a lot of ways you had mentioned this before and this was the first note that I wrote down within the first 5 minutes of the movie because in that in that opening scene when you see the cowboys um shoot up the wedding I immediately said this is this is a gangster movie this is just this is untouchables This is, you know, and
1: and they are clearly the bad guys and they're assholes and you're not rooting for them. They shoot up a wedding. I mean, you are not going to root for these guys. There's not. It doesn't matter how charismatic, how smart, how interesting they appear. There's got to be another person that we're supposed to root for. And they arrive on the train and we get to meet them. And it's the right.
0: Right. (laughs) Well, and Kurt Russell plays Wyatt Earp in such, like, a cool badass way because he's quiet. He's just like, you know, when he gets off that first scene, when you see him get off the train and – He had his horse. They have brought his horse that he's that, you know, has always been with him with them. And they're they're taking the horse off the train. And some guy is some like train guys whipping him, like hitting him with like a rope to like tame him. And and Wyatt grabs his arm, grabs the rope and just starts hitting the guy. And he's like, hey, you like that? That hurts, 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 doesn't it? Hurts, doesn't it? Don't you? And he's just like, don't ever touch my horse. And, you know, kicks him out of there. That sets this tone of, oh, we this guy is a badass. We're going to we're, we're going to see how he, this all plays out.
1: Matt, it's not just that he's a badass. It's that he has the grandpa bud quality. Everybody knew him like everybody like he couldn't go anywhere without people run, knowing who he was and well he
0: had already made a name for himself yeah. in Kansas City and so, and that like, was had, that so was so, people, so interesting he, a, he already had a history and and people knew who he was because <laughs> of he had a reputation you know as and and the fact that he had this reputation as this tough fair lawman that he had only killed one person, you know, he was just, I mean, that's just how he was. Yeah. And, and, you know, the whole,
1: I'm sorry. And and he was trying to leave that life behind. Like the whole, the whole premise of the movie is I don't want to do this anymore. I've done it my whole life. And the, and one of the characters said, well, you know, um, rich men all have a guilty conscience and he goes, I already have the guilty conscience. Might as well get the money that can go with it. I mean, exactly. He was tired of having to be this mediator, this enforcer. He was like, I'm done. And what price he paid?
0: Yes. You know? I mean, and. in just because of this reputation that he had, everyone was like, oh, well, he's going to come in here and clean up this town because. Here's the – to your point about how – that we were talking about with Young Guns, how – in the Wild West, how there was no law. I mean, in this town, this town, when they get there, the law was the cowboys. Yeah. I mean, there was a marshal and there was a mayor and all that, but they were they were nothing. The yeah. cowboys ran this town. Yep. And here come the Earps to kind of really just kind of shut it down and – um they that wasn't their intention but it was kind of they just could never they were never going to get away with from that seeing that in the story you know this whole idea of trying to leave that life behind but having it follow you because it's it's there's once you get in it you probably can't, I mean I don't think there's a lot of um law enforcement today who like when they take their, take their badge off, you know, at night to go to sleep, stop being law enforcement. No. You know, they just, they don't. It's, once you're doing it, you know, you're always yeah. kind of doing it. Yeah. I mean, unless unless you're crooked or something like that. But, um, man, the, the, there, when I was doing my research, there was things that I didn't, I just was shocked about when when I was reading it. Like, for example... Um they fired the first director for this movie. Yeah. And and I couldn't believe it. I was like, seriously? They fired the first director?
1: Well, it was the screenwriter and same screenwriter who did Glory, I guess, but he apparently only directed like the Charlton Heston scenes, and then it was just like, This guy's not gonna work.
0: Well well, then I I was reading some stuff where um the director, George Cosmatos, had come in and you know he you know he directed the movies at that we see as far as we know but um in like a 2006 interview Kurt Russell says you know you know to be honest he helped like get everything organized because I had never done any of that but I directed a lot yeah. of that movie and he didn't take and credit that, for it and he doesn't take credit for it but Damn, he made a fucking badass movie! Yeah,
1: it's it's so great because I mean they really they really pair people up so well. I mean, you know, here Powers Booth is this really really intense like crazy bad guy. I mean, he gets so high at like a at like a opium den, and then he just oh, like yeah. goes out into the middle of the street and just starts shooting every you know shooting everything he can find, including the marshal or the sheriff at the time and you know he he and kurt russell are like a really good pair and then you've got mm-hmm. the other the two most charismatic characters in my opinion johnny oh, ringo yeah. and doc holiday really being kind of paired up as um
0: with val kilmer and and michael bean yes
1: like they I mean, they really are adversaries and it's so yeah. so good
0: well, just the whole okay
1: Michael bean's got very crazy eyes Michael Bean
0: <laughs> is so good as Johnny Ringo, mm-hmm. and they have like the confrontation they have when they first when they when they meet inside the um like the bar with where they're where they're having like doing the gun twirling and and everything, and they're bouncing the Latin back to yeah. each other, yeah. and all of that. To show how educated both of them are, how they really kind of cut from a similar cloth, yes. and and Johnny Ringo, man, Michael Bean plays it. When you first see him in like that first like ten minute scene at the wedding before we meet the Erbs, and he corrects the guy's Spanish, you know, and just all this stuff you would know immediately, okay. Powers Booth's curly bill is crazy but and in but charge. because he well it's because of his like he has a charisma yeah. that that can all the other cowboys can rally behind but then you have Michael Bean's Johnny Ringo who is just like this badass just no questions I'm going to I I can kill you because I know I can and then there's there's a there's a point where in that opening where there's a priest that Johnny Ringo shoots, and before he shoots him, he tells them, "You're all gonna go to hell." And everyone's like, "Hey, what did that What did that priest say to you?" Because he says it in Spanish. He said something about how we're gonna go to hell, and he's like, "Well, you," says something like, "I forget how how Curly Bill says it to him," but Johnny Ringo's like. I'm already going there, you know, because he knows how bad he is. Well, and he, you know, he has he no in, killed- he has no conceptions that anything that he has ever done is good. He, he knows he's killed bad.
1: anyone in that scene yet. Right. Wasn't the priest like the one person he killed?
0: He only killed the priest. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah so, I mean, you so can I watch mean, the whole scene and think, oh, maybe he's a little bit of an outsider. He's not going <sighs> to like necessarily like pull his gun out at any time. And no, he kills the priest.
0: Right. So that whole thing. But let's so let's transition now to. Then you have kind of the other side of that where it's you've got Wyatt Earp and Doc Holiday, you know, Wyatt Earp, who is kind of the the polar opposite of Curly Bill, mm-hmm. you know, and they're kind of going up against each other, but where they're very smart and strategic. Mm-hmm. But one is kind of Ladma. I mean, I guess the way like the the easiest way to kind of describe the two of them is, like, the relationship, like, Batman and the Joker.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, you know you've know, you got Curly Bill, who's, enthousi- who's got a, a charisma and an enthusiasm that people might gravitate towards, and then you have kind of the brooding Wyatt Earp, but he's, he has a sensibility to him, and he does have personality. And Curly
1: he- Bill is certainly, like, an anarchist. Just like the Joker oh, yeah. is often portrayed as an anarchist,
0: right, right. But um, so now, but then you have Doc Holliday, who mm. also is kind of—he's not super loud, but he likes to talk. Yeah, <laughs> and cough and cough poor, a lot. And poor guy, sweat all the time. Man, Val Kilmer—he he knows how to really just knock some of these roles out of the park. Now I don't know if you noticed it, but the first time you see doc holiday he's rolling a quarter down his fingers um you know how that trick where you take the quarter and you like roll it down your finger he does that same thing in real genius oh how funny he's doing that same trick in real genius so i was like oh he does he's really doing this and he's he's using that Mm -hmm. (laughs) as a tool but um he's got some of the best lines and one of the lines one of the lines favorite character you know what? It's really hard because there are things about different people. I mean, I really like Kurt Russell as Wyatt Earp in this, and I really like Doc Holliday. I, I'm going to have to say it's probably Doc Holliday in this just because of he adds a wit and a humor.
1: And, and can I please tell you why it's not going to be Wyatt Earp for me? Sure. I don't really buy the whole relationship with Dana Delaney's character. I feel that some... Oh, I do. I, I understand I do. why that's there, and apparently it's real. You know, like they say, I mean, unless unless they fabricated for this for the movie, it sounds like they did no. get married and they were together all these years afterwards. But They
0: were. They were. I no. just...
1: Mm-hmm. I was kind of like, <sighs> through some of their scenes, and I found them kind of a, a bit exhausting. So... It pulled me that- out of the movie, and you know me; I love romances, so it just yeah. some of some of the stuff felt a little awkward, um, or just tr- or just stress. I don't know. Maybe because she didn't seem like she's from that time at all, and I don't know if it was just they could have cast someone different, and it would have felt more accurate. Or I don't know. Like that well, part of the movie but- was a challenge for me. So everything that Val Kilmer did, I was on board with. Like every scene he was in, I was like watching what he was doing. So.
0: Well, um, we'll talk about Josephine Marcus mm-hmm. in a second, but um, but I agree with you. Like Val, Val Kilmer knocks out of the park yep. as Doc Holiday, and 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 from so many lines that that he has that you can, you know, I'm I'm your Huckleberry. You know, there's that. And then um, there's a great line that is very, very timely for right now, where he is for he's introduced to the marshal to the to the to the, mar- the, the the marshal of the town or the county or whatever. And he says to him, forgive me if I don't shake hands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because he, he's, he's, <laughs> he's an outlaw because he's an outlaw. I mean, he's he he's a gambler and he robs people. <laughs> he's not. You, is he, he's he's he not, technically
1: um, a card cheat?
0: Yeah, I mean, he. I don't think I think the problem isn't that just that he cheats. It's that he's so he's smart so even when he's winning legitimately people get pissed at him and then he robs them (laughs) you know he would you know he at the very beginning when you first meet him he's he's gambling with some people they think he's cheating he he puts his guns on the table like he's not going to do anything the guy goes after him he stabs him with a knife probably doesn't kill him he probably just stabs him and then he doesn't just take his money that he won yeah. he takes all the money yeah. from the whole place and then leaves i guess in that sense it's a different kind of anti-hero you know that we're looking at where you actually root for doc holiday because of the p- personality that he is and i don't necessarily we're, we're walking a thin line there when we're comparing We it, can but. also
1: say that Wyatt Earp, being friends with him, vouches for his character. I mean, if Wyatt Earp yes. wasn't such good friends with him, and, and Doc Holliday says, I don't have any other friends. Like, Wyatt Earp is his only friend, and that's why even right. he pulls himself out of his, like, deathbed to help him versus oh, Ringo. I can't, I don't even know if I could pick a single scene that's my favorite, but I think it's the death scene. Like him, him and his oh, deathbed towards the end. Like his whole oh. speech to Wyatt Earp is just oh, so, That's so hard. good.
0: It was so good. I mean, it, it was sad. I mean, I felt so, I felt so bad. It's so well acted. Just the whole thing. It. I mean, if you're not, if you don't buy, like with Young Guns, you're watching it going. Oh that's Lou Diamond Phillips pl- playing this character. In this movie you're like, "Oh that's Doc Holliday." You forget that's Val Kilmer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he he steals the show. He steals the show in a lot of parts. Um and then all you guys I'm just looking at the cast list right now just to kind of remind myself about how you know again how good it is. I mean, Sam Elliott as the older brother, he
1: didn't even need to like grow a new mustache. It was like he was no, built for no. this
0: role. <laughs> and um Bill Paxton as the youngest brother, you know, with like a kind of a young enthusiasm, so good. Um, Jason Priestley as like the deputy marshal, you know, you know, he's really good in it. Um, another character that I forgot to mention earlier, uh, Michael Rooker, yeah. who, you know, shows up in a ton of things, and it, you know, he was in the first couple seasons of Walking Dead, and. um, most famously now as um yondo in the guardians of the galaxy movies um oh yeah yondu yondu um you know even his role in this as kind of a he was a cowboy that leaves being a cowboy to help wider because they were friends well that kind of thing he
1: finally saw that the cowboys crossed lines like he and two other guys the fact that they were going to impersonate somebody and then like barge into a home and like shoot all the women or attempt to, that was a line, that was a line too far for him.
0: And then like you mentioned before, like Billy Bob Thornton, I mean, this is before Billy Bob Thornton like did sling blade and like really his career kind of really skyrocketed, but he's so great as you know, the, (laughs) the, the gambler who is just a, He's, asshole, the He's the dealer. Mm-hmm. He's the dealer. It- He's the deal Well, yeah, and and just oh my gosh, just crazy how how the the collection of people they put together for this is. So you
1: don't have an issue um, with Dana Delaney?
0: I don't. And one of the things that in my research I fig- I found out was, you know, she talks about how her family is rich. Mm-hmm. She's from she's from San Francisco. Oh her character is from San Francisco. And I was just like, holy shit. Okay. And, and it makes kind of sense. You know, there's kind of a, I mean, we live in the Bay area. We know how people from San Francisco are. So even if Dana Delaney is playing this character, when she's reading about her and finds out she's from San Francisco and she's just kind of left her, her rich family behind so she could go into the theater. She's got to have that free spirit kind of part of it. Now, you were saying that you don't really buy their relationship. It's not that I don't
1: buy it. It's just <laughs> yeah. I, I felt like those scenes were kind of clunky. Or just, they weren't my favorite scenes by any stretch. Like, when they run into each other, like, her her horse who's, like, in heat or whatever, and his horse. She's like, <laughs> I know what we can do. We can get the, we can run it out of them. I'm like, okay. And then, like, they have the whole the whole speech about what what do you want to do with your life. And she's like, oh, room service. That's my favorite thing. And then he, like, goes home to his, like, drugged-out wife. And he's like, yeah. what do you think? How about we do room service? How about we travel? And it just, uh, I I kept I think, couldn't I I kept having a challenge of understanding like did they know each other before is that what this whole chemistry is no, and it turns no, out like no it was a love
0: at first sight and, and, it was just love at and, first sight
1: I mean of course I'm not gonna diss the movie for doing this but when we first see her you know she watch walks out of the stagecoach. And she's got, like, this, like, amazing lighting all around her. And then later, when uh, they've already had... They were on the run. Like, they're trying to shoot... They're trying... They're going to confront um, the Cowboys. And they go to Charlton Heston's house. When she shows up, you know, Kurt Russell's in this amazing, like, backlit kind of setup. And it's like... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there were just a little... There were little choices that were made for you know, to, to manipulate the audience to really want to like believe in their romance. That It was like, eh, but it's okay. I mean, and, and like I said, that's why White Earp isn't my favorite character and Val Kilmer is, is simply because I feel like him being so love struck by her was a little like, I mean, I get it, but I
0: don't know. I, I don't know. I think that, um, there's something about her in this, in this role Uh, Dane Delaney in the role That when I see her on When I see her in this movie There's something about her that Is very kind of freeing from The Like very rigid law Life that he had Sure. That I think Made made him attracted to her And they even talk They even drop a couple lines about how um, When he When they ask him about like Oh where'd you meet Maddie his wife You know he even says something like probably the same what places you met your wives, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, um, kind of like, you know, they needed a wife. Yeah. They were there yeah. and that's who they went. And with. I can't, I can't tell how it. long
1: they'd even been married. Cause it's not like they'd started a family or anything. And he claimed, claimed that he no, really wanted a family. None of them, none of them,
0: none so. of them had kids. So it was, it, it seemed very early on in the relationships for all, for all mm. three erp men Erps. and, um, the Erps. So one last thing that I wanted to just mention. Um, I saw this movie in the theater. I thought it was great. And then not long after this movie came out was a movie starring Kevin Costner yeah. called wider yeah. I haven't even bothered. Watching I've never that seen movie. it. I don't even care about that movie. I, I'm only mentioning it just so there's no confusion yeah. over what movie I'm talking about, yeah. because I haven't heard anything. Necessarily bad about that movie, but I have really no desire to watch it. <laughs> so,
1: since you love this movie so much, I'm just gonna say again, a show that I watched last summer. Um, I had started it several years earlier, but I'd never finished it. And then, oh, Deadwood. Yes, T- Powers oh, okay. Powers Booth is in it. He is, but he's very oh. different. He's very fancy. He's a very quaffed. Um, um, saloon owner also kind of like runs a prostitution ring. You know, it's the way a lot of these saloons work. Um, he,
0: it was the West. It was the West. He's <laughs>
1: excellent in it. And um, Timothy Oliphant plays the sheriff that has a lot of things that feel similar to Wyatt Earp. Um, hmm. But it is fantastic, and I think it'd be worth it for you to watch. I think it's only three seasons long, and then they did a wrap-up movie just last summer. Oh yeah, um, yeah, which takes place I think ten fifteen years later. Um,
0: Isn't um, Ian McShane? Is that yes? His name?
1: He plays another Isn't amazing it? saloon owner in a less fancy saloon. Um, Al Swear, his character's name is Al Swearinger, and oh, he's he's so great. Um, but that I course. really well, think you well, should watch it. If I mean, if you like, if you liked Powers Booth in this at all, I think you should give Deadwood a
0: try. Well, like I said, I don't really gravitate towards westerns, but this one um, really stands out. Um, so, if if Doc Holliday is my favorite character, um, my your favorite scene is the hospital scene at the yep. end. I'm gonna say my favorite scene that whole event of the night where they get revenge, where the cowboys get revenge on the stormy night when it's raining and they shoot and then they shoot the two brothers Mm -hmm. trying, trying to kill Wyatt and they try and kill the women and all that. That whole, that whole collection of scenes is really intense. So well made. And, um, I think that's probably one of my things. And then, Probably right after that, when he trick when he makes it sound like it's over and they're all going to leave and he tricks them and and who tricks does the whole when Wyatt Earp tricks all the cowboys and making it think like they're going to leave, but they aren't actually leaving. He's getting the band together and they're going to take all the cowboys down. And he does that famous you tell him I'm coming and hell's coming with me such a great it's a such it's a, a very scene. good
1: montage for a bit too of him just him yeah. just killing a lot of people
0: yeah now um i'm gonna go back to young guns real sure. quick because um i didn't really get to i don't really have a favorite character in those movies i i, mean, I have
1: a favorite scene
0: but my favorite scene is is a really shallow scene because, especially in comparison to anything in Tombstone, is um, I think my favorite scene is when Jane uh, Greathouse um, they're about to burn down her whorehouse and she decides to walk out and get on her ho- on her horse naked. That's the best scene. I mean, that's how that's how lowbrow I'm going with that. Okay, so my favorite <laughs> scene is
1: is when there's potential. But one, they're all alive, and there's potential that they're all still friends. It's when um, Billy the kid and Pat Garrett um, Pat pretend to be the lynch mob and basically break out, um, get Kiefer Sutherland and Lou Diamond Phillips out of the little pen that they're in, and they get to escape. Yeah. that's my that whole scene is my favorite scene.
0: And. And so since we since we you know, we've been doing comparisons throughout the show show this time. But I mean, we talked a lot about the music in Young Guns. Oh, my God. The music in in Tombstone totally appropriate, totally appropriate, much better is dramatic when it needs to be. It's good for the genre. I mean, I think that like the heavy guitar that you had in Young Guns one, it was just like this doesn't make any sense. And then they and then they go and get John Bon Jovi to make a song for Young Guns 2, which actually was probably the best thing to come out of that movie. And I don't even like John Bon Jovi. I do,
1: (laughs) and I did it. I especially did at the time, and I thought. I think Blades of Glory is one of you know great song of his. So I that's probably another reason why I liked this movie so much back then was because oh, and then Blades of Glory shows up at the end. But
0: yeah, yeah. So I mean, so we we definitely have two movies that you know we grew up watching that we really kind of got into that just do not really hold up and i think uh kind of played into um our enthusiasm for that time and then you have a movie like tombstone that you know lit i mean this movie can be watched 50 years later yeah and will still be a great western i mean there's like I said, I'm not a huge. I don't gravitate towards westerns. Like Unforgiven, that's gonna because that won awards. You know, that's gonna be a movie that people are gonna be like, "That's a timeless western for that for, for the '90s." But I think that this this one I would put in that same league. I mean, it didn't win a bunch of awards or anything like that, but it is that. Day. I
1: think it shows up on a lot of people's like if a lot of people have a like top ten best westerns list tombstones usually on it it's it's pretty impossible to not include tombstone on there
0: and and like i said there's it's made me kind of interested to check out other movies about the whole shootout the okay corral Mm. but then i'm like i think about it for like two seconds then i'm like i don't give a shit i want to tombstones it (laughs) i'm good with that i don't have time i don't have time to 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 go through the backlog of OK Corral pictures. I do
1: want to I do want to just really heighten the fact, though, I'm not I don't regret that we that we rewatched either Young Guns movies. I'm glad we did because I really wanted I really wanted to kind of go back and revisit, you know, movies that I did like as, you know, a young person and see, did they still hold up and they don't um but then, and then really kind of you know, think re- about I, what what changed where was i back then versus now and yeah. why don't they yeah. have the same meaning for me 32 years later
0: yeah well and and i remember you know when these would be on tv we would mm-hmm. watch them i mean they it wasn't like we like watched them that time thought they were amazing never watched them Mm-mm. again it's just that we probably haven't watched them since the 90s you yeah. know? And at that point, it's like our lives have changed. Movies have changed. There's been better Westerns yeah. that have come out. <laughs> we can also look at that and just be like, you know, they just I mean, like. Like Emilio Westevez is kind of mullet that he has in the second one. I'm just kind of like, ah, that's yeah. not. None of this is I mean, we we
1: really loved those actors and it was great to see them in something. And for us, I mean, we hadn't had, you know, at those ages, it's not like we'd had tons of years of movie watching and knew where else to see these guys so that they threw them all together in one movie. I mean, great, but it doesn't hold up. And that's okay. I mean, not everything's going to.
0: No, but Tombstone, I mean, good acting, great cast good directing great story great production great story i mean you've those are the things that make movies that last and here you go yep. you
1: and go. more historically accurate right matt
0: uh thank god <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm sure that i'm i i understand taking liberties you know to to co- make a compelling movie because there are tickets to be sold but There's also a matter of, like, completely changing history where you're killing people that don't die or, you know, especially when they've, like, not just survived but lived long past those events. Um, And uh, but, yeah, I just I'm glad that I got to rewatch Tombstone (laughs) and I'm glad I got to rewatch the Young Guns movies so I could put that to bed. Yeah, I agree. There you go. (sighs) All right. Well, um I think we've exhausted ourselves on these yeah. and um you know hopefully we've inspired some people to go rewatch Tombstone because it's amazing and um if you've ever loved the Young Guns movies maybe give it a re, give it a chance again and see if we've we've uh, what we've said, you know, holds up to to your expectations this time. And it's not our or maybe not. Maybe you still and love And It's them,
1: not our job to ruin people's it's... memory of a movie. I mean, if you loved Young Guns and you still love it, that's awesome. You know, that's yeah. everybody has their own yeah. tastes. So if that's a movie yeah. that someone still finds pleasure in, that's great.
0: Yeah. Maybe you still have that poster of Kiefer Sutherland or Lou Diamond Phillips or any of those guys Still on your (laughs) wall somewhere You know maybe I don't know Thank you very much for listening This was really fun Please you know rate us You know we're on whatever platform You're listening to us follow us online It's a lot of fun to do Especially now this time It's a great distraction From everything else going on so I appreciate it Um, My name is Matthew
1: My name is Nancy
0: And this is Fighting Over the VCR